Welcome to An Amazingly Ordinary Life, the podcast that takes a behind-the-scenes look at the world of special needs. I'm Sherry Tharp, an autism mom and your host. Join me each week as we share our lives, build community, and redefine normal. This is An Amazingly Ordinary Life, Episode 10. Today, I'll be talking again with Carly Lobbs. She'll be sharing tips and tricks on how to actually practice self-care. Carly, welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to speak with you again. I know last time we talked, you told us all about your daughter and her battle with a brain tumor. I'm so glad that things are still going well. Today, I brought you back on because I really feel like you have something great to share with my audience, and that's your blog at theparachuteproject.com. I was very excited when I discovered this. Why don't you tell us exactly what that is? The Parachute Project is meant to be a self-care resource or self-care solution specifically directed at parents who are raising children with medically complex or any type of special needs. Because as caregivers, we tend to always put other people first and we fall into the trap of thinking that taking care of our own wellness is selfish or it's not a priority. We shouldn't be taking time, attention, energy away from our children or our families. And so we tend to fall into this chronic cycle of self-sacrifice and burnout. And that just makes it harder and harder for us to have that strength and energy and the resources we need to be effective parents and caregivers and advocates for our kids. I'm sure that every mom, at least listening to this, can understand exactly what you just said. We don't take care of ourselves because everybody else needs our attention. How did you get started with the Parachute Project? It all came out of my own experience raising my daughter through a decade of complex medical illness with childhood brain cancer as well as the multiple complex special needs that came as a result of that. And so during that time, my husband and I would often comment on how many awesome organizations and groups are out there serving our kids and by extension serving our families. And there's a lot of wonderful resources out there too, supporting us as parents in raising our children and advocating for them and getting them the services they need. But there's so few resources that focus solely on us as parents and caregivers and the care we need to be able to be the most effective caregivers we can be and to be the best we can be for our kids so that they have that foundation on which to, you know, grow and learn and heal and to get our families through these very difficult, heavy situations that we're all dealing with. So I always felt that I was meant to do something to make something good come out of our experience, and I wasn't really sure what that was. But as my daughter's condition started to stabilize, I started volunteering in our community and some of the groups that had been such great support to us. And I really found that I was really drawn to helping support other parents who weren't where we had been and trying to make their experience lighter and easier. And that's just something I've drawn to really lights me up and something I'm passionate about. So a couple of years ago, about two years ago, I started focusing in on parental self-care. And I recognize the biggest thing standing in our way is the overwhelm of it. Self-care just sounds like this out of reach, impossible thing that we just can't do because of all that we're already managing, right? So I developed 
a framework to take that overwhelming topic of self-care and break it down into smaller, more manageable pieces. And I call that the parachute project. And it's built on this idea that we all have a parachute ready and waiting to lift us up and support us in times of difficulty. While it's important to understand that we each have a parachute ready to catch us in our fall, it's really our connection to it that's life-saving. The idea or the concept that it's built on is that self-care is the means by which we stay connected to our parachute, our support system. To give you a quick example, so if you have a best friend who you rely on to go to when you're having a hard time, you're not going to ignore that relationship. You're not going to ever speak to them. You're not going to, you know, ignore their phone calls and still expect them to be there. You're going to send text messages or you're going to call them on occasion or go out to dinner. These are all examples of social self-care that maintain that relationship with your friend who then is going to help support you in times of difficulty as a piece of your parachute. So under the Parachute Project, there are 10 paracords or 10 areas of self-care that when we give just a little bit of attention to each one of those areas, it helps strengthen our connection to the parts of our parachute that support that area of self-care. There's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, marital, parental, financial, professional, and reputational self-care. And I know that sounds like a lot and it sounds overwhelming. But the more we break it down, the more likely it is we're going to be able to focus on just one area where we can choose just one self-care action that is able to be completed in just a few minutes a day with minimal discomfort, just using the resources we have available to us. So when we do that, it becomes more likely that we're able to make it part of our everyday life, even when it's hectic and crazy and overwhelming. And we're going to be able to stay consistent over the long term. And we're going to see more results from that small action. Then we're going to see if we take a big action, trying to see big results. But then we give up when it gets too uncomfortable or too difficult to follow through. So that's the idea of how we can use self-care and make it realistic and attainable, regardless of how overwhelming our circumstances may be. Using the Parachute Project framework, I then present five simple steps to effective self-care that then walks parents through these short, simple steps that will help them figure out what their self-care needs are, what action they can take to make a difference where they are right now, what is their motivation or what is the why that's driving their intention behind that specific area of self-care, and then what are the steps you're going to take to just incorporate that into what your everyday looks like. And then we talk a little bit about how are you going to keep yourself motivated during that initial uncomfortable period when you're making this change and, you know, change always brings discomfort. And it's then when you're most tempted to give up. So how are you going to keep yourself motivated through that? So there are concepts and strategies that are built into each one of those five steps that are going to set you up for success. You don't have to go looking for those or figure that out yourself. It's already in there very easily laid out. So in the end, you're going to have just that one self-care action. You're just going to focus on one at a time, and you're going to know exactly what you need to do to make that part of your routine or your everyday ideal circumstances. I love the idea that you said breaking it down into small steps and focusing on just one little thing at a time, because when I go big, it usually fails because I expect so much myself and I try to take on too much. So 
the idea of being able to just narrow it down to something small, something little every day, that is really appealing to me. Right. We think small actions aren't going to make a big difference because how is one little action going to impact my whole overall well-being? But it does. It accumulates and it multiplies until you see those results. And if you do something too hard and give up on it, well, you're never going to see results from something that you're not doing at all, right? So exactly. how did you get from wanting to serve your community to choosing the blog? So initially, when I you know, had the inspiration for the Parachute Project framework specifically, my first thought was, I'm going to write a book. That's how I'm going to get this message out and help other families. Lay it all out in a book. And so I started researching things like publishing and recognizing that this day and age, authors have to market themselves. They have to have their own platform. So the more I learned, the more I realized that regardless of how I wanted to go about publishing, I was going to have to have a website or social media presence and those types of things. So that's really when I started learning more about online businesses and online marketing and feeling like I could serve my audience and the people I wanted to reach best and quicker, really, by focusing more on a blog, focusing more on, you know, trainings and products that they can have in their hands quickly and easily. And isn't, again, so overwhelming as reading a book because I love to read, I love books, but how often do I actually put into practice what I read in a book? Because it's too much all at once and I tend not to go back and take out the pieces I need. So, on a blog format and in that way I can break it down and I can practice what I preach by only taking one small piece and focusing on that at a time. So that's how I ended up starting the parachuteproject.com. Launched that late last year. Well, and it's great too because you don't just have access to the blog and to the information and the articles that you post on there, but you also have a community of people who follow this that you can interact with that when I subscribed, I joined that community. And so now there's lots of us in there that we can interact with. I wanted to do that because again, there's lots of Facebook groups out there that are about supporting us as parents and caregivers in taking care of our kids. But again, there's nothing out there that's specifically about us being able to talk about the challenges of caregiving being able to talk about how hard it is with freedom and, and honesty, and then supporting each other in how to actually find solutions for that or support each other in prioritizing self-care. So it's really meant to be a community where parents come together and we just talk about self-care, not child care. You know, parental self-care is part of self-care, but it's more focused on what your experience is as a parent those times you're enjoying with your kids, the relationships with your kids and those things. Because I think sometimes we forget to look for the joy in the middle of the mess as well, because we're so focused on how best to serve the needs of our children. So that is the self-care is fuel online community. And you can search Facebook groups for that. It's a private Facebook group. You can search self-care is fuel. And that's based on something I always say, which is self-care isn't selfish. It is fuel for the selfless. And I just believe that to be true. I love that because I do think that we cover ourselves in shame sometimes. When we try to put ourselves first, it almost feels wrong. Like we are being selfish. Like we're not putting our kids first. And I totally agree with what you're saying. Absolutely. And it's like what they say in the 
safety talk in the airlines when you're in the airplane and they tell you, okay, put your mask on first. No, how many people would actually do that? I've got to take care of them first. But you can't take care of the children if you're incapacitated. If you are not taking care of yourself, you're no good to anybody else. So I love that you have focused on that. And again, it is a different part of supporting parents. We do get a lot of, oh, here's how you support your child and here's how you get through the different disabilities or behaviors or whatever it is we're dealing with. But there's not a lot out there going, okay, here's how you practice self-care as a parent of special needs or medically fragile children, that type of thing. And when we do talk about self-care, we tend to give like, you know, five or six ideas of how to do that. You know, make sure you date your spouse, go get a massage, you know, those types of things, which are all good things to do to take time for yourself. But they tend to be like a one and done kind of thing. It's not really a way to make self-care a priority for you in your every day. So I really wanted to teach parents a system, a way of looking at self-care so that they see it as fuel, as a way to stay connected to those things you need, so that they understand the importance of it, that it's not selfish, it's not for me, that's okay. We can take care of ourselves just for ourselves and what that does for our health and for our well-being. That's important too. But it really is, again, the foundation of our being able to take care of our children for the long term, particularly when you're in a situation where this isn't something that's only going to last a year or a couple of years. I mean, then maybe you can put your head down and barrel through and, you know, pick up the pieces when it's all over. But for those of us who are doing this year after year, decade after decade, maybe this is a lifelong condition that you're going to be dealing with indefinitely, you really have to learn a way in which to make self-care consistent and just part of the everyday because otherwise, again, we fall into that trap of self-sacrifice and burnout. And every time we burn out, we bring ourselves lower and it's harder and harder to get back up to that level we need to be at. So if we can do just a little bit to help level out those highs and lows, I observed all the time that there were those highs when I felt like I could do so much and then I would just crash and I could barely get out of bed. Like it was just doing the bare minimum, right? So if we take just a little bit of time to focus, just a few minutes a day really is all it really takes to make an impact. We can bring those highs and lows together and they start to even out and that crash becomes less impactful and we don't have to climb so high to get to those highs where we feel like we have that energy and strength that we need. So it becomes critical, especially when this is a long-term, I hate to use the word lifestyle, but it is a circumstance that many of us find ourselves in. And that high and low, like you said, you know, leading to burnout, if you can get it to where things are just leveled out a bit more, a more sustainable way to live, that's what's right. going to carry you through long-term. Yeah. Tell me some things that you do specifically to practice self-care. Yeah. So there's areas where I do really well and there's other areas where I struggle and everybody's going to have those areas. I talk all the time where I struggle specifically with physical self-care has always been a hard one for me, but I recognize it's one of the most important because that's kind of where the rest of self-care is built on if you don't have your health. So I'm still working like everybody else to make diet and exercise and rest and all those things important. But I think where I've done well is being proactive in things like social self-care, 
I make time to go out to dinner with friends and I've joined groups. I've participated in the community. Even when our daughter was still very much in treatment, we were very much dealing with health crisis. I recognized that if I wanted a connection with community, I had to take the step and at least put myself in a position where, you know, I was going to meet people and develop relationships. So I volunteered or I joined mom's groups or play groups. And those people have become some of the greatest sources of support in my parachute. Also, in terms of marital self-care, my husband and I have been very proactive since our children were small to make sure that we take time away, just the two of us, once a year to get that respite for ourselves, to have that time to relax, reconnect, and to regenerate our energy. And that has been critically important, not just for ourselves and our mental health. And all these areas of care are so interconnected and so intertwined, and they just support each other. But it's been incredibly important for our relationship. And I talked a lot in the last episode that I was on about making sure that we shared the load in terms of our daughter's care, making sure that we were both aware of her treatment. We both had relationships with her care team and her therapist. So that if at any time only one of us was there, we knew what was going on. And that was very important in making sure that no one was carrying too much of the load. In terms of like mental self-care, you know, I've not been afraid over the years to reach out for professional support. I think that's really important. I think that's a stigma that still exists. I mean, it is so important to have somebody so disconnected from your circumstances who isn't emotionally invested. So you can go to them and you can just lay it all out, just get it out, not worry about their feelings or how they're going to react to what you're going to say, right? Because I think when we talk to family and friends, we censor. We try to hold back so as not to make them either uncomfortable or make them feel bad or make them worry about our child or our family. So it's really important to reach out to a third party, someone who you can just be totally honest about what you're going through. Just getting that out, getting it out of your head is incredibly healing and helpful. So I encourage that. And that's something that I've done also throughout my, my daughter's issues with cancer and disabilities. And I could go on and on. You know, we could talk about steps we've taken financially or but those, I think, are some of the big ones that I've done over the years. That's so good. Thank you for sharing, Carly. I know you have something exciting coming up with your blog. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Right now, I am launching a free five-day self-care retreat where parents can go to the website, sign up for that, and they can participate in it whenever they're available, whenever it works for them. And it's really designed to help you reset, restore, and relax. And so just another way for parents to take just a few minutes in their day to focus on their own self-care and start thinking about self-care and what are those misconceptions? What are those myths that you are believing about self-care that are holding you back, that are causing you when you're in a position to make a choice? that either serves your well-being or one that doesn't, what are those things that are holding you back from choosing your well-being? So we're going to talk a little bit about those misconceptions, just kind of 
reframe self-care a little bit. We're going to take some time to relax every day, take a little bit of time to think about how can we go forward with self-care more as a priority in the future. So I'm really hoping that parents will find that to be a relaxing and rejuvenating way to start focusing and incorporating self-care into their everyday routine. And I love that you've structured it so that anybody who joins can do it on their own timeline. Yeah, I want to make it as accessible as possible. So it's totally free. It can be done on your own time and you can go back and do it over and over again. So once you have it, you have it and you can go back and repeat as often as you like. That's really good because, you know, when it comes to self-care, we definitely need refreshers from time to time. Yeah, and sometimes we just need a little direction, just a little somebody to nudge us in the right direction, get us started. You know, it's set up where you can just take five minutes or 10 minutes if that's all you have, or you can spend more time if you have more. You can really just craft it to your needs at the time. That's perfect. And that's all linked on your blog. You can go to parachuteproject.com and there'll be a place to sign up for that right on the homepage and various other places on the website. And then again, there's that community group too that people can join on Facebook and be a part of. Yep. Self-care is fuel on Facebook. And I'm also on most social media with the handle at Parachute Project. So you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. Okay. We will put all of those links in the show notes. So there shouldn't be any problem for anyone who is wanting to stalk you and find out more about self-care and everything. I would love to see your listeners in any one of those places. Thank you. Thank you for this. This is definitely an underserved market. We don't make it a priority. And I think that when we do realize that we need to do self-care, how do we maintain that and make it not just an event, but part of our lifestyle and part of our everyday journey. So this is a great, great stepping stone for those of us who are trying to make ourselves better so that we can help our children better. Yep. And every little bit helps. That's the most important thing. Every little bit helps. That's perfect. Thank you, Carly. And I wish you all the best and I will be checking out your retreat for sure. I will have all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me. I'd like to thank everyone for listening today. You can find all the links and show notes for today's episode at anamazinglyordinarylife.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you left a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. As always, I would love to hear your story. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, contact me at my website or you can email me at amazinglyordinary at yahoo.com. And don't miss next week's episode where I'll be talking with Bree Smith about her son who has ADHD, oppositional defiance disorder, as well as a mood disorder. I hope you'll join me then.